Everybody, welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. We are rocking and rolling here. Adam Azer, Scott White, Heath Cummings, chilling out in Fort Lauderdale, getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. We will not have a live show on Monday. We will do a pre-recorded mailbag. We'll be doing that later today. So get excited, and your emails will be reading at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Would you like to start the day with some trivia? I know Heath loves trivia. I love trivia. It's my favorite part of the show, except for you. You're oh, my favorite part. <laughs> Scott, you ready for some trivia? Oh yeah. All right. Ready to go. I don't think this is all that hard, but it's not easy. So name the pitcher who has retired 53 of the last 56 batters he has faced. 53 of the last 56 batters he has faced. Yes. My first guess would be Lucas Giolito because he just threw a no-hitter. He's a major league pitcher. Okay. <laughs> he, he has retired 53 of the last 56 batters he's faced. Righties are 0 for their last 41 against him. Hmm. It's, it's a reliever, I yeah, Obviously. He's okay. got a .87 ERA. He struck out more batters than innings pitched. He had more than one ba- strikeout per inning yesterday. .78 ERA? Uh, .87 ERA. .87. Oh, 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 is it Craig Kimbrell? It's Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell struck out four in one inning. One batter reached on a wild pitch. He is unbelievable. Earlier this season, John Farrell said something about Kimbrell's, like, mechanics or his delivery being the best it's been since he's been in Boston, which is, you know, only his second year. But how about this in May? Nine and a third innings, one hit, no walks, 20 strikeouts. He is striking out two batters per inning on the season. Um... Wait, yes. What would I say earlier that Crimbrough had more strikeouts than you said batters more... faced, not innings pitched? He has yeah. more strikeouts okay. than batters faced. Last yes. night. Last, last night. night. Okay. He struck out four. Yeah, that's a much more impressive stat than He struck out four, anything. but he only faced three batters? Then well, outs recorded. Okay. There we go. That, that Get the terminology right. It doesn't matter. I, you know, sometimes we forget to talk about guys like Craig Kimbrell who are just owned and started and, and awesome all the time. So I just wanted to throw him, uh, uh, a kudos. Craig Kimbrell, you are amazing. And we have a lot of Red Sox notes today. We're also going to talk about Demelson, Denelson Lamette, uh, Justin Verlander, Drew Pomeranz, Indochino, the draft app, Ryan Braun likely going back on the DL. Very frustrating year for him. We'll get Donaldson and Tulowitzki back. Will we start James Paxton next week at Colorado? No, right? No. No chance. Will we start David Price in a two-star week? We'll talk about all of that. How about this transaction? Transaction of the day in a 14-team league. Somebody dropped Dustin Pedroia for Adam Frazier. Approve the move, yes or no? I am going to have to disapprove that move i understand adam adam frazier's red hot right now and actually he's homered in back-to-back games but there is no history of power in his minor league profile even this year only like eight of his 35 hits have been for extra bases and i understand pedroy's had his own issues with power this year but at least there's some very recent track record of him Troya extra bases. did leave yesterday's game with a knee yes. soreness. And it seems like this has been bothering Pedroia. Right. So I just want, maybe maybe this person has some inside knowledge and knows that Pedroia's no, head is a he disabled list. He doesn't. I, you I, don't know I, that. I feel like if, Pedro, like if this power loss that Pedroia's experienced this year is legit and this is who he is now, that's kind of who Adam Frazier is hoping to be. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, Pedroia, we don't. I don't know if anybody's mentioned him as a buy low, and he might be in a shallow one second baseman league. He might be droppable. Yeah. But, and, and Pedroia is number 22 in points, number 29 in Rota right now at second base, but he does have 21 walks to 15 strikeouts. He's hitting 288. Their lineup's gonna get better, you know, he's still gonna hit at the top of it. I feel like you wanna talk, mm-hmm. buy low in the, you know, my old Hosmer argument from a, from a few weeks ago, he's better than this in a deeper league that you have to own him. Like, Pedroia maybe fits that bill. Let's see what happens with the knee. Well, yeah. No, I, I think he's a buy low. Obviously, we'll have to see what happens with the knee. But uh, 
just the other day, uh, Tuesday, I think it was when all Chris Heath and I were all on, there was a discussion, and I, I think both Chris and Heath said they would drop Pedroia for Devin Travis, which was enough to tell me, okay, yeah, that, that probably suggests that Pedroia's fall, value's fallen to a point you can get him for next to nothing. Yeah. I, the one I think I was moving Pedroia down when I realized that I wasn't as keen on buying low was when Ian Happ had his good first three or four days, and I would have dropped Pedroia to pick up Happ. Yeah, no, it's more like in a league that Hap has to be owned in and a league that Pedroia has to be owned in, you go, you know, he's your middle infielder. You make a trade for Pedroia. Maybe he's part of it. Probably not trading just for Pedroia, but he's a throw-in in a deal. But again, let's see what happens with the knee. It was also wet last night, so they didn't want to risk it with him. Denelson Lamette, two-pitch pitcher for the most part. Very rarely throws a changeup, but throws hard. Struck out eight Mets in five innings, gave up one run on three hits with two walks in his major league de- debut. Padres starting pitcher is about 10% owned right now in CBSSports.com leagues, and he gets a, the Cubs in a one-start week next week at home. Uh, how interested are you in picking up Denelson Lamette? It was impressive, and I know there was a lot of talk um, after the game the, the people saying oh, they didn't know he really had this this good of a changeup. They were impressed by his changeup. And I looked at the the pitch selection on Brooks Baseball, and they didn't show him as throwing a changeup. So I don't know I if thought. something was misclassified there. Uh, coming into the year, he was considered basically just a fastball slider pitcher. So maybe he has a changeup that got classified as a two-seam fastball or whatever because the velocity difference wasn't great enough. I, I don't know. But um, clearly he was missing a lot of bats. He does have control issues, and even in this one he walked – what was it three and five? Two, two and five I innings. Two, yeah. And uh, you know it was like four point five per nine at Triple A, three point five per nine earlier in his minor league career. And you know a lot of times in the PCL walk rates rise because I don't know pitchers are afraid of pitching to bats in that environment. So he may not be. It may not be a deal breaker for him the control issue, but it's it's something that keeps me from rushing out to pick him up. After this start, that and the fact, of course, he's pitching for the Padres. Well, but an interesting prospect. And like the thing for me in a, in a standard league, how often are you rushing out to pick up a pitcher that you can't start next week? It's pretty rare, and you you're not starting him next week against the Cubs. That, well, silly. I mean, there's a contrast between we were rushing out to pick up Rios after his first start. We were rushing to pick up Joe Ross. He's only Joe Ross only sixty two percent owned. Get on it, people. I've I've not rushed out to pick Joe Ross. Pick up Joe Ross. I, I made sure he was owned in all him. my leagues. No, I don't have him anywhere. Joe Ross? Okay. N- none of him. You're not rushing to pick up Joe Ross? Well, apparently he's already owned in all the leagues. Sixty-two got, got percent. So, yeah. I look like I don't know how it's going to end with Joe right. Ross. I just know that he should be owned in more than sixty-two. percent I would leagues. be more if if I saw Joe Ross and Dilson Lament on the waiver wire, I would pick up Joe Ross. Who would you rather own? Zach I apologize. Godley? I was rushing out to pick, pick up Joe Ross. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were referencing Tyson Ross. Uh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. The Ross Joe brothers. Ross. Yes. Well, who Strike would you again. rather pick up, Tyson Ross or, or Denelson Lamette? <laughs> Maybe Tyson Ross. Yeah, Tyson Ross. I'm, I'm actually, I haven't actually picked up Ross anywhere yet. There are some deeper leagues where I've been stashing him this whole time, but, um, Tyson Ross, I'm, I'm actually fairly enthusiastic about this return for him. Had a really dominant rehab star, five innings, but, I think he allowed like two hits or something like that. He is coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome, and we've seen all the, we've experienced all the drama that's gone with Matt Harvey for that. But uh, you don't hear much of anything about Tyson Ross and him struggling to recover from this. So the fact he's already returning, uh, a guy who was must start for his final two years before coming down with this injury, I think he needs to be. More widely owned than 25, 30%. To be clear, Joe Ross, yes. Must Tyson have. Ross, okay. Nah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Dilson, Nelson Lamette, probably not. Matt Garza, who has two starts next week, or Lamette? Uh, who's Lamette facing? Cubs. 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 Oh, At Garza. Uh, Garza. I feel like I'm overreacting with Lamette a little bit. No, I, I mean, I feel like I was, after seeing the results of this start and watching some highlights of it, I feel like I was a little too dismissive of him. He was the Padres' 10th prospect according to baseball america coming in which isn't that high but it's a prospect rich system and he has a lot of strikeouts that's the most important thing i'm I'm keeping an eye on him all right if you were in a shallower league 
Drew Pomerantz might be available. Pomerantz is 71% owned. He struck out 11 Rangers last night, said he felt like like last year, finally. Um, and remember, um, with the Padres last year, Pomerantz was 8-7 and seven with a 247 ERA and 115 Ks in 102 innings, 1.06 whip. That was mostly because he gave up 5.9 hits per nine. He did have some walks. But anyway, we know how good Pomerantz can be. Um, would you make sure that Pomerantz is owned in all of your leagues? Yes, and you said like he did have some walk issues. He's always had some walk issues. He's always had some arm issues, and I would expect he's going to have both moving forward. But as long as he's healthy and pitching well, he needs to be owned and started in most cases. He wasn't pitching well. That was the problem. Like he's been, he's kind of teased us yeah. this yeah. year. He's he, got a four. He's got a, after after an eleven strikeout game against the Rangers, giving up two runs. He now has a four seventy ERA. Drew Pomerantz. There was an emphasis between him and. You know, a discussion between him and his manager, John Farrell, who of course used to be a pitching coach, about using his cutter more. He had kind of, that was a pitch he added to his repertoire last year and he'd kind of gotten away from it this year, in part because of the arm issues he had early on and it can be taxing on the arm. He threw it more in this start. He threw it, uh, 11 times, which isn't a ton, but it's more than he had been throwing it. And four of those 11 resulted in whiffs. It was among his most whiff generating pitches. So if he, Reincorporates that into the arsenal, the cutter. I think Pomeranz could show some improvement overall. And he's really had two terrible starts this year. The rest of them, while he had to leave early a couple times, were two runs or less. Yeah, on. yeah. Um, it is the innings that's been the issue with him. And, and you gotta expect they'll be a little cautious with Pomeranz. I, I don't know that he's gonna have like 115 pitches and... <laughs> no, <laughs> they're, he they're, shouldn't. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna dial it back a little bit. But, you need pitching. Um, any uh, anything else, guys? What's what are you buzzing about? What are you buzzing about lately in the fantasy baseball world, Heath? What is wrong with Justin Verlander? Verlander had a very interesting excuse yesterday. He gave up. <laughs> I like. I'm glad you used the word excuse and not exclamation. Explanation. He, he gave up five runs in one inning. Well, he gave up six over five and two thirds, but five runs came in one inning and three home runs allowed. And he said his catcher got hurt, James McCann, mm-hmm. and they brought in Avila. And they didn't have a game plan because uh, he was expecting McCann to catch him, and he got destroyed. Now, three home runs in an inning is bad. Four home runs in an inning is worse. And Verlander actually did give up four home runs in an inning last year. And I think he finished second in Cy Young last year. Mm-hmm. So it happens. Should have been but, first. But he, he, is, he does have a 487 ERA, and, uh, and he's Verlander's been disappointing. So what do you think is wrong, Heath, with Verlander? I mean, the walk numbers still aren't good in this start. Mm-mm. And there's been basically one start in his last five where they've been good, two in his last seven. So I, I obviously I think command slash control is the biggest issue. That yeah. can manifest itself in walks and in home runs, and he's giving up both. Is that would be correctable, you'd think, right? I mean, you would think, right? Yeah. It, well, it, it depends on what the root cause is. But yeah. If it's just a unexplainable loss of command and control, then probably. It's just a, a cold streak, and he's probably going to have three straight starts with zero runs allowed to get his numbers back where they belong. <laughs> I, I did notice <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice this in his splits. Six road starts, 764 ERA, four home starts, 161 ERA. Hmm. So basically all his good starts have been home and at home, and all the bad starts have been on the road. Don't know that I can make anything of that yet, but it's interesting. You know, whereas, like, I could understand people being hesitant to start Tanaka. And he's been much worse, but I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have a second thought about starting Verlander. I would not either. There, there have been enough good starts mixed in with the bad that I think it's justifiable. I, I, I mean, it's so easy to say buy low, sell high, but it just seems, unless you guys disagree, like an obvious buy low on Verlander. I, the thing is, I don't know. I think yes, it would be an obvious buy low, but how low do I have to buy? Am I, like, let's say the guy's a little bit worried that owns him. Am I willing to give up Lance McCullers for Verlander? No. I would give up, I would give up Michael Conforto for Verlander. Would you? Yeah. Pro- yes. Without hesitation. Yeah, I'd, I'd give up Conforto. Um, maybe, what about Miguel Sano? Yeah. I would do, th- I mean, I would, when you start, and I, and I know it's not likely that you'd be trading one pitcher for another pitcher, but it, when you start really mixing any hitters into this discussion, if it's clearly a different tier of pitcher, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much always going to trade the hitter at this stage. But you expect Verlander to still be in that tier. 
Yeah, I have not moved him outside of my top 10 starting pitchers because, well, A, there's not a lot of options to move in the top 10 starting pitchers, and B, I still think he's going to be that. Okay. So you still have him ahead of Keuchel? Um, maybe. I may drop him behind with this start. They're both in the top 10. I've got him 15th, which is pretty close to where I had him at the start of the year. I haven't really, like, I've moved several guys ahead of him and several guys below him. But I have to apologize to you for chastising you for being so low on Verlander preseason. I, I apology accepted. <laughs> um, I I also have to apologize to anyone who has not gotten an Indochino suit. I just feel bad for you because these things are amazing. If you have if you have several generic off the rack suits, and then you put on a custom made to measure suit from Indochino, you will see the difference, and you will never want to wear any other suit again. In fact, I do have some other suits, and I have to go get them tailored. And when I get them tailored, I bring my Indochino suit, and I say, please make the jacket look like this. Because it's just the, the, the experience of wearing something that fits you perfectly and something you're getting at an incredible price is really amazing. So go to Indochino.com, people, and use our promo code FBT. FBT as in fantasy baseball today. These types of suits, they go for 800 bucks. You're getting 50% off. You're getting free shipping. $379 for a made-to-measure suit. Now, you can go to Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Or you can visit one of their showrooms. They do have some, so check that out on the website. Pick your fabric. Get your customizations, lapels, pleats, jacket linings, and more. Submit your measurement. Place your order. You get your suit in just a few weeks. It's going to look amazing, and you're going to feel amazing. You're going to want to wear it all the time. Again, go to Indochino.com. Any premium suit for just $379 and free shipping with our promo code FBT. An incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack. FBT is the promo code on Indochino.com. All right, guys. Um, uh, my five-year-old nephew told me a joke yesterday before the game last night, the basketball game. He said, I'm sure you've probably heard this, what does the NBA stand for? And I said, the National Basketball Association. And he said, no, it stands for the National Blowout Association. I had not heard that. <laughs> Five years old, cracking jokes. Oh, not this bad. Is, this is good news for baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hooray for baseball. But I will—I just have to say, off topic here, hockey was amazing last night. Unfortunately, I fell asleep before the game winner. I wouldn't know what amazing hockey looks like. It was so fun. Game seven <laughs> of the Eastern Conference Finals, double overtime, sudden death, home team wins. Wow. It was really great. It was very exciting. And and Doc Emmerich is the best announcer in sports. And he makes a sport that I really don't like that much, hockey. He makes it so enjoyable to watch. Mm. So good for good for them. All right, Ryan Braun likely going back on the DL with another calf injury. Braun said he wasn't 100% when he came off the DL. I hate that. I hate that. And that's what Cano is doing right now. Cano's been good the last two days, but... Uh, look, Braun's been very good when he's played. He's got four steals and seven home runs in 29 games. His slash line looks very similar to last year, except the batting average is low, but that would probably come up. What do you do if you're a Ryan Braun owner right now? Uh, put him on the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Ka- Donaldson just missed seven weeks, eight weeks with a calf yeah. injury? Yeah. yeah. Is it Adrian Beltre is still not returned. And this guy already had one calf injury, and now it's the same injury to the same calf. Like, mm-hmm. You always... Assume it's going to be longer the second time, and given that what we've seen from calf injuries this year, I yeah, I would. I'm anticipating as a brawn owner in, in in a league myself. I'm anticipating at least a month of going without him. Was I wrong about Donaldson? Was it when did he get hurt? First week of the season or after? Uh, it was very early. All right, it doesn't matter. A big chunk of time, and he's supposed to come back today, but uh, do you kind of treat brawn right now like you would treat Cindergard or Bumgarner? No, I don't no. expect him to be out that long now. Okay. Maybe more like Cole Hamels. I think we're at the point where you should be re- – like you've, if you know you've got a good team. After this week, you're 6-2 you're and two or something like that. I think now's the time to look at the desperate Cindergard and Bumgarner owner and give him something that he needs now or she needs now. What do you guys think? Like I think – now you kind of know what your team is made of. If you have a good team and you know you're going to make the play, you feel really strongly about it, mm-hmm. now's a good time to to find a desperate owner who's under 500, needs to win now, and get yourself Cindergard or Bumgarner. Certainly if you have excess. But there's there's a danger to doing that too many times over because chances are 
even the good teams have a lot of players on the DL already and are probably, probably only have two DL spots they can fill. And, uh, in that, in that case, if you wind up with a bench of DL players, you know, or almost all DL players who you can't drop, then what happens when mm-hmm. the next player gets hurt for you? And it is still like two more months for those guys. Yeah, yeah I, I just can't even relate to this exercise because I'm just so excited to be getting David Price back and actually have a team now. Yeah, your season starts yes. uh, on Monday. Are you going to start him two-start week? 100%. And yeah. You know, I don't like starting guys coming back in that very first start after coming off the disabled list, but the fact that it's a two-start week, I don't really feel like I have any alternative. At the White Sox and at the Orioles for David Price. I'm just moving him into my starting lineup as we speak and could not be Lineups. 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 <laughs> every, almost everyone. Here's some closer news for you. Edwin Diaz got the save, so it looks like he's the closer. Brad Hand got another save, gave up a run, but he could very well get traded. The San Diego Union Tribune reporting that Brad Hand is drawing a lot of trade interest. Coda Glover is the Nationals closer. And here's another thing I recommend to fantasy owners. I have uh, Addison Reed and Senwano in a two-closer league. And I picked up Coda Glover, and I'm going to try to trade him. It's a 14-team league, so it's mm. not there aren't that many closers out there. I'm going to try to trade him. See if, because closers dry up, you know? People need them, and if they're not available, they'll yeah. overpay. And I think Glover will dry up as the Nationals' closer, so it is <laughs> good time to... But not because he's bad, because they're going to get someone else, right? A uh, combination. I, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's good enough to close, really. I, I'm, I want to see. I think it's still within the realm of possibility that Glover could have a, cause, because I don't think he's, he's not an elite closer. But he is of the level of closer. We know that this is a, a really small sample size for these guys. We're talking 40, 50 innings over an entire season. And, from what I know of Dusty Baker, if, if Coda Glover has a good month, which is very possible, he may just get the job. Okay. Uh, the White Sox minor league starting pitcher, Lucas Giolito, who came over in the Adam Eaton trade, threw a seven-inning no-hitter yesterday. They played a doubleheader, so threw a seven-inning no-hitter. Keeper league, Scott, what do you think about Giolito? I, I, for whatever reason, I looked at his numbers a few days ago. They were bad. Yep, and and there was... You know, they were underwhelming last year too, particularly in the early stages. He did, he did have a pretty strong finish that corrected them somewhat, but we saw him falling in the prospect rankings from one year to the next, and then he follows it up with this. After it seemed like his own organization lost faith in him, trading him away in the Adam Eaton deal. So his stock is down. His dynasty stock is down. Um, if this, no hitter said, you know, puts him on some kind of run, then maybe he can still redeem it. But the, the walks are an issue. The strikeout rate is not what we expect it to be given the caliber of prospect he is. And, uh, I, I could probably come up with five pitching prospects I'd rather have than him. Not to put myself on the spot or anything, but I probably Jose could. Jose De Leon? Uh. Over Giolito? I would de- Brent Honeywell is the first name that came to mind for me. I would rather have Brent Honeywell than Lucas Giolito at this point. Now, are you saying you'd rather have them for this year or in a dynasty league? In a dynasty league, because for this year, Giolito is ahead of some people just because the White Sox are so bad and don't have anybody that would prevent him from getting a job if he continues to pitch well. Yeah, but an, an example like, like Honeywell, an example like De Leon, they're both in the discussion to get called up this year, too. And I would guess, even for the White Sox, Lucas Giolito's behind Reynaldo Lopez in the pecking order, so it's not like his arrival is imminent. Kenta Maeda and Hyunjin Ryu kind of piggybacked yesterday. Maeda returned from the DL after the hamstring injury. He's back. He pitched didn't pitch very well. Uh, and then Ryu came in and, and threw four innings and officially got a save. <sighs> All right, Kershaw. Who else? Who's in that rotation? Alex Wood. Maeda, Alex Wood. Rich Hill, temporarily. Brandon McCarthy's <laughs> there for now. Allegedly. Arias is out. I think that's it. I think it's five. We're back down to five. And then there were five. So you think, could Ryu replace Rich Hill if there's more struggles? Could Ryu? Well, yeah, I think, I think they're going to keep Ryu handy in case another blister pops up for Hill. Uh, but I don't think, like, I think they're going to give Hill leeway in terms of performance. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, reverse jinx worked yesterday. Xander Bogarts homered and his first of the year. And uh, Justin Upton had a big game as well. Let's take a look at the most added list. Come on down, Mike Clevenger. You are the most added player in CBSSports.com leagues. That's interesting. 48% owned. And Whoa. You better have two starts, Mike Clevenger. What inspired that? We don't know that he'll have any starts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can you make sure I'm not making a huge mistake right now? I mean, Are I you just see... looking at the free agents in that specific no, league? No, okay. I'm not. I have team status all. Mike Clevenger, number one. That's uh that's too many people just blindly following the baseball logos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Corey, I mean, look, he he could stay in the rotation. He could make two starts. I think it'll largely depend on his start against the Reds tonight, I think. Um and maybe they bump No, what if Clevenger's pitching tonight, there's no way he's making two starts next week. That's that's true, but he hasn't pitched yet this week. He didn't? Maybe uh, uh, uh. This is this is compelling. Well, um, we're confused. Yeah, so no, I think I think uh, he's starting right against the Royals. Yeah, he he faced the Astros, had a great start. So he's percent owned, pr- regardless of whether or not he's the one bump for Kluber. It doesn't seem like he's going to make two starts. But so. but is he somebody that should be forty eight percent owned, Mike Clevenger? Okay, maybe if after tonight, I can say with more assurance. Uh, I think if. We felt like he had job security. The answer would definitely be yes. There's genuine upside here, genuine strikeout potential. Uh, but it, this could be the last we see of him for a long time, depending on the decision the Indians make. All right, Heath, listen. Number two on the list is Joe Ross. Joe, Joe Ross. Ross. Joe Ross, not Tyson. <laughs> Correct. Joe, Tyson's brother? Tyson's brother, yes. Okay. The one that pitches for the Nationals. In case you don't know, that actually is Tyson's brother. They are, they are related. Adam, Adam Frazier's number three. Justin Bohr is number four. Keep going up, Bohr. He's 59% owned. Now, Bohr boy. Bohr is, we always compare him to first baseman, but is Justin Bohr good enough to be your utility? Oh yeah. Okay. I, I think, honestly, I think he's taking a stud turn here. Peripherally, what he's doing in terms of how hard he's hitting the ball, how often he's hitting the ball. Uh, and stud the elevation turn. he's getting on the ball. Love stud turn. I want to take a stud turn. Yeah, he's taking a stud turn. <laughs> um, Armand Marquez and Tyler Anderson are next. And again, again, we should talk about this. All right, this is something I want to start doing a little bit better uh, from my end is look for one-start streaming options. And these Colorado starting pitchers, I think we mentioned it yesterday briefly, when they're on the road, you might want to start them. Like I do start Marquez in his road starts. Uh, in the one league I own him in. Is, does Tyler Anderson fit that for you guys? Would you start Tyler Anderson in your road stuff? Well, he might be a guy that we need to think about just adding in general, uh, because you know, 32 strikeouts in 24 and two-thirds innings over his last four starts, he has been racking them up. And he's top 12 in terms of soft contact percentage, which is... What we liked about him last year, uh, there was some debate at the time that that would be something that would carry over from year to year. Well, it seems to have. So Tyler Anderson here we're talking about. And I just want to give the numbers on Anderson. He actually entered yesterday's start, which was a great start at Philadelphia, one run in seven innings, with a better home ERA than road ERA. But last year – oh, oh no, this is – same thing. Last year he had a three ERA at home and a, and a 471 ERA on the road. Right. He was mm-hmm. the weird pitcher that pitched better at Coors. Mm-hmm. But maybe, yeah, maybe he's just good. How do you feel about Tyler Anderson? Like Tyler Anderson, Joe Ross, Mike Clevenger, Heath, rank them. Um, I would, Joe Ross is yeah. definitely first. Like, and I don't think that Tyler Anderson is in the same discussion because he pitches at Coors. What about Clevenger? I would rather have Anderson than Clevenger. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it'll be more predictable, although he has been better at home. I, like, he's, next week he's at home against Seattle. There's no chance I'm starting Tyler Anderson at home against Seattle. So, but I don't know that Clevenger is going to stay in the major leagues. Right. Okay. So I, I think Anderson, listen, he's 47% owned. Clevenger's 48%. I think Clevenger is probably more over-owned than Anderson is under-owned. Okay. Uh, okay. That makes sense when you think about it. Uh, is Tyler Anderson the best Rockies pitcher other than John Gray? I think so. Yeah. Yes. I, I think there, I have some hope for Tyler Anderson to overcome the Coors Field hurdle. And I just, I rarely give Rockies pitchers a chance of this because they've been around 25 years and <laughs> there have been so few success stories and a lot of failures. So, 
just because Tyler Anderson has this soft contact thing that he's leaning on and, and because he has shown the ability to pitch well at home for an extended stretch, I have some hope for him. I, obviously, you know, the mid-five ERA he's sporting right now needs to change, but looking at what he's doing peripherally, I think it will. And it's it's strange because he's like we talked earlier about Pomerantz and how it was basically just two good starts or two bad starts that had driven his ERA way up. That's not the case with Anderson. Like he's given up five, five, four, four, six over a multitude of starts, but he's really turned it around in the last four. So, okay. like two of those starts are at Cincinnati and at Philadelphia. You, you get some credit for that. All right, let me give you the next two players on the most added list. They are. Seventh and eighth. Chris Taylor, who started, he's been starting for Jock Peterson, who's on the DL, and 29% owned Chris Taylor. Uh, Taylor is third base eligible. Let me check his eligibility. What was he before? Like, it shows the prior week. He's second, third, and probably will be outfield eligible soon. Uh, he's up from 10% to 29%. Chris so I don't Taylor. really have a problem with him being on the list if he started at 10%. Is this another Taylor Motter, or is there more staying power here and more sustainability for Chris Taylor? Uh, honestly, I see less potential in Chris Taylor than <laughs> I saw in Taylor Motter. So I just, you know, other than I have an opening in my NL only lineup and I need to fill it, let's ride this I hot hand. I think I, it's more like I could see it in, I assume he's owned in the For the People podcast league. Yeah, he is. That's a 16-team mixed league. That makes sense. I think even a 14-team mixed league, you could you could make that case, especially if it was Roto. And we're looking at second base here. So Adam Frazier or Chris Taylor? I'd still go with uh, Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Avila, as I mentioned, James McCann left with an injury yesterday. And Alex Avila is 44% owned. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's cooled off a little bit this week because we picked him up on Team Big Scam. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> well, let me tell you what Team Scam did this week. We traded Sonny Gray and Edward Encarnacion for Corey Kluber and uh, Jeff Samarja, who we'll talk about. So I was wondering. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this. And we picked up Alex Avila. Like, for next year, do we have to draw straws to see who has to be on Scott's team? Why isn't it me? I'm equally as responsible. I didn't make the playoffs last I, like, year in the, in the for the people. Hey, we're winning our matchup this week, all right? We are. Yeah, it's six right. and four. If you go six and four every every week for the rest of the season, you might get back to five hundred. We'll we definitely might. get we back to five hundred. At six and four every At matchup, five hundred. You're fourteen behind. Fourteen games under. If we get to five hundred, we might make the playoffs. It's possible. Yeah, seven teams go. make the playoffs out of sixteen. That's not. It's not quite eight. <laughs> Seven teams. All right, yeah, Al- first round bye for the number one seed. Alex Avila or Devin Mezzarocco? But then won't it still be an odd number? Uh, anyway. Um, no, it'll be four after that. Really? We did yeah, it last year. Three winners. Okay. Out of six. By the way, if I do pref- much prefer seven teams making the playoffs to eight, just as a general rule. But not bad. Alex Avila bad. or Devin Mezzarocco, I will still say Devin Mezzarocco. All right. Prospects, Scott. Let's talk uh, prospects here. I think Scott would take Avila. I saw the look on his face. No, no. I'd, I'd take Mezzarocco, too. Okay. Um, He's, the look is over the disgust over the For the People League. Anytime he even thinks about this. Well, league. I mean, if the McCann injury becomes a big deal, then that might change. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so let's talk about prospects. Who's, yeah. We'll do this quickly here. Who's uh, who, Which prospects should we be stashing? All right. So, Yon Mankata still. Ahmed Rosario still. Reese Hoskins still. Fortunately, none of them have really made any inroads in the last week. Mokata's actually been on the DL all that time, but not a long-term injury. Let's get some New York shortstop bias and put a second New York shortstop on the list to join Ahmed Rosario. Yes, I added Gleyber Torres to the list this week. I also raised the roof, and that actually did happen <laughs> while I said that. So. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, who got promoted from AA to AAA in the last few days? 20 years old. You know, I... I looked at him coming into the year like there's no chance this guy makes the majors this year. But if the Yankees are already promoting him to AAA this early in the year, there is a chance. And he's shown great plate discipline beyond his years. He showed improved power, as you would expect to be the case continually at this age. Every year get a little stronger. Uh, I am just like – other than Moncada, he's uh, – Torres is probably – the consensus top prospect in baseball. And if he's one step away from the majors and playing some third base at that new level where, you know, the easiest opening for him in the major leagues would be replacing Chase Headley. Yeah. Um, 
I I think that's somebody you need to stash. Not because he's necessarily going to be the first prospect called up, but because he'll be one you'll be excited to own when he does eventually get called up. So we, I added him to the list. We are going to get a lot of questions about Lewis Brinson. With Braun going on the table, oh, every true. time Braun gets hurt, that's Brinson true. questions I, are going to come. He's having a decent year in AAA. I don't know if it yeah. really matters as long as he's not bad. The walks have been up. Um, and, and yeah, he's been, he's been on the list more weeks than not this year. I bumped him this past week and of course Braun gets hurt. So yeah, no, Lewis Brinson's a good person to put on the list now. Uh, I added Reynaldo Lopez to the list because he's been improved his last few starts. The walk rates gone down and, and you know, White Sox have like Dylan Covey starting in the majors. They could easily fit Lopez in. And, uh, one more name who I've added who, uh, has come on my radar since I wrote the column. Chris Shaw for the Giants was promoted from double A to triple A this week. At double A, he, uh, he bat, he hit 301 with six home runs and 901 OPS. He's a first baseman, but since promoting him to triple A and even a little in double A, he played some left field. Chris Shaw? Yes, Chris Shaw. And obviously, Eduardo Nunez is starting in left field for the Giants. He is a disaster defensively. I think he's part of the reason Jeff Samarja's ERA is what it is. <laughs> and so, uh. Is he supposed to stand on the other side of the fence? <laughs> Chris Shaw is, <laughs> Chris Shaw is fast tracking it. Hey, Samarja has the 22nd highest BABIP among qualifying pitchers, so. Jeff Samarja had a streak end yesterday. He had gone 154 straight batters without issuing a walk. And he gave up one walk in seven innings, struck out eight, did give up three solo home runs at the Cubs, who are hitting very well right now. Ben Zobris is hitting well. Jason Hayward is hitting well. So 22 swinging strikes for Jeff Samarja yesterday. I, listen, I made a Jeff Samarja joke, and that's that's what I do. He's been much, much, much better than I expected. He's been much, much, much better than a 4-5 ERA. He looks like the pitcher he was in 2014. I don't expect it to fully last He's such a fool, you player. And the that the is. thing I really don't like is if like he's outperforming what I think he's going to do. Scott is like, no, <laughs> he stopped throwing the cutter. Well, I, I mean, I not just that. The I, home run he gave up to Zobrist yesterday was doing. on a cutter, right? Uh, I'm not sure. That's we got a tweet he, from someone saying we said well, I thought he gave up the cutter and it said gave up gave up like ba- Brooks Brooks it. baseball has recorded him throwing about a cutter about four percent of the time. I think okay. more or less gotten rid of it and. And more sliders has replaced it. The slider's been his best swing and miss pitch this year. It's been the best it's ever been in his career. Um, his strikeout to walk ratio for the season is, you know, would have led qualifying pitchers by far last year. And if you just sort last year's pitchers by strikeout to walk ratio, it's basically everybody who is in Cy Young contention. It's, it's the most important thing a pitcher can do. Samarja's home run rate is pretty high, but it's mostly because of two road starts where he gave up three home runs in each, including this one Thursday. Um, his home park obviously is going to suppress home run tendencies like no other. His BABIP's on the high side. I, I think there's been a lot of bad luck in terms of when the, when That's true. batters do make yeah. contact off of him and, and, I yeah, you know, I think he has top twenty potential. So now that we did this trade, I was all on board because I would have taken Samarja ahead of Sonny Gray, and then Sonny Gray had that amazing start. Who would you guys rather have, Samarja or Sonny Gray? I'm still saying Samarja. I'm gonna stick with Gray. All right. So nothing's changed. Well, <laughs> look, uh, we already know you love you love fantasy. You listen to our podcast. You love fantasy baseball. You love snake drafts. Why don't you play more? Fantasy Baseball, why don't you do more snake drafts on the Daily Fantasy app called Draft. You can use our promo code FB today for a big-time bonus when you deposit. I'll tell you about that. But on Draft, it's draft day every single day. You can play for free, or better yet, you can play for money. And let me just tell you how it works. So the the general rule is this. You, You compete against one person, up to ten people. You do snake drafts. They're short, they're quick, they take only a few minutes. You draft two pitchers and three hitters. Doesn't matter what position. Now you can do special rules where you can eliminate a big chunk of the player pool and make it a little bit more difficult. Or you can do another round of drafting. So there are a lot of variety. There's a lot of variety. You also do things like, um, 
you know, uh, like more of the conventional daily fantasy where you just pick, you don't do a snake draft, you just pick who you think the best players will be. But I love the snake drafts, man. I really love it. I've been uh, competing against some of our listeners. Uh, download draft. Join me right now. Search draft in the app store. It'll come up first. Enter the promo code FB today when you download. You're going to get a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. Again, search draft in the app store and enter the promo code FB today. It's a really fun way to play more fantasy baseball. So we, of course, have to get to the two-star pitchers for next week. Let's take a little bit of time and look at yesterday's stuff. Manuel Margot is day-to-day with calf tightness. Jack Peterson, seven-day concussion to DL. Brian McCann expects to come off the concussion to DL on Saturday. Amir Garrett is on the DL with right hip inflammation. Does that make you a little more optimistic about Amir Garrett? Maybe the injury was, was causing his struggles? A little. I'm not... I'm not totally dismissive of him like I was after those first two starts, but going into those two starts since his return from the minors, I was expecting significant regression. So it's still like, I don't think he needs to be rostered in mixed leagues. Yeah. Okay. And Odubel Herrera, I know he's been a hot topic lately. Oh, for five with five strikeouts. Here's my optimistic take on Odubel. Sometimes when things are going bad, you have to hit rock bottom before things can get any better and there's no lower rock bottom than striking out five times at home against the Rockies. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So That's what I think one so, walk, 27 strikeouts in May. So you have to hit you have to hit rock bottom so that you can have this crazy hot streak after it, right? No, you have to hit <laughs> rock bottom so you can have the awakening and ex- <laughs> to go back to being what we to expected look in you the to be. Mirror. The first step to solving a problem is admitting you have one. You have to hit something before you even hit rock bottom. Uh, one walk, 28 strikeouts, and a 194 batting average for Herrera. He needs a few of days May. off. Clear his head. <laughs> Michael Franco just got two. Andrew McCutcheon just got his second straight day off. Scott says that McCutcheon has found a mechanical flaw, and uh, he's optimistic. McCutcheon, McCutcheon uh, says that. I, uh... I, I, Scott noticed shared it. the message with you. Herrera has a mechanical flaw as well. It's <laughs> swinging at everything. Uh, yes. Well, too much twist in the torso for McCutcheon, he's saying. Uh huh, right. Uh, Cameron may have been <laughs> left with knee soreness. He could play today. Well, McCutcheon is gonna have a hot streak. There's no question. It's just, like, I, yeah, I just don't think he's that good anymore, but. Okay. Um, Maben, Maben could play today. It doesn't seem big. Gregory Polanco's off the DL. Eduardo Nunez sat with hamstring tightness. And now that we have interleague play every week, you know, you, you gotta keep an eye on guys like Albert Pupils, which is what my phone calls Albert Pujols. Um, <laughs> uh, he could sit next week at Miami. So just always check when you have DH guys, uh, when they have interleague play. Like, look, we got lucky with Carlos Santana. He played the outfield. In Cincinnati, but I know Pujols isn't going to play the outfield. Maybe he'll play some first, but he might sit. Um, all right. Segment called, Do You Still Have Hope For? And I will give you five na- six names. Do you still have hope for Kevin Kiermeyer, 57% owned? Not really. Not like I did coming into the year. He is uh, an okay, cheap source of steals. Probably still worth owning in some five outfielder category leagues, but I'm not really expecting some kind of awakening from him. Do you still, that's Kevin Kiermeyer. I still have hope that he can be similar to what he was in the past, because he's been worse than he's ever been. But I don't have hope for the breakout. Do you still have hope for Byron Buxton this year? Hmm. Uh, hope would be classifying it too strongly, I think. I'm not completely close to the idea, but I don't see the need to roster him in a seasonal league. Do you still have hope for Byron Buxton in a keeper league? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's fading. You've probably missed your chance to uh, not sell incredibly low on him, so you might as well just hold. Yeah, next May is the cutoff date. Next May. I'm okay. officially out. <laughs> Do you still have hope for Travis Darno? Darno. Darno. Darno, I don't. Uh, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have hope for Jackie Bradley? 82% on Jackie yeah. Bradley. Yeah, great hope. Like, I don't think he's must-own in shallow three outfielder leagues because there are so many good outfielders emerging this year. But I think he's going to be useful eventually. More like Jackie Badley. <laughs> oh, man. Do you still have hope for him? I don't have hope that he's going to be a must-own outfielder in a three-outfielder league. I do have hope that he is going to be a must-own outfielder in a three-outfielder league for at least two months when he goes nuts. I still have hope that he is that guy. I still have hope that he is a guy that can, that Jackie Bradley can get 
really hot and be one of the hottest hitters in baseball. I will still project more than 20 home runs for him this year. He's at four right now. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that doesn't even sound like a radical projection. No, but it but it might happen. Twelve of them might happen in two months. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Him. Okay, but it's only hope. It's not it's not certainty. Uh, Dexter Fowler, 77 percent uh, owned. Dexter Fowler snapped an 0 for 20 last night. He might lose his leadoff spot. Do you still have hope for him? And I will point out that he has walked 20 times in 40 games. 38 Ks. I have more hope for Fowler than I do for Bradley. Okay. Hmm. I don't know that I agree with that. I think Fowler, like they're both going to be better than this. But I just think the ultimate ceiling's higher for Bradley. Do you still have hope for Dansby Swanson this year? He's been hot, hasn't he? He's been hot. I don't think it's been like a great hot stretch. I forgot. I didn't get a chance to look up the numbers, but yes, he is showing up in the box score at the very least. Uh huh. <laughs> it, it felt like I said this last time we talked about him. It felt like one of those Jose Peraza hot streaks, where it was like, "This is your hot streak." <laughs> but do you uh, still have hope for for Dansby this, Swanson this year? I feel like this depends so much on what your original expectations for Dansby Swanson were. Like I, I didn't really, I don't think ever have hope that he was going to be a top twelve shortstop. I I have hope that he will be rosterable in a mixed roto league. Yeah, well, like, he hasn't. The been thing based the on thing is, it's shortstop. It takes like Eduardo Nunez is amazingly a top twelve shortstop. You know, like it doesn't take much to get back there. But he, it, I, it I, hasn't been the most impressive hot streak for Swanson. He's still striking out a lot. I. You know, it was surprising the Braves called him up when they did last year, and uh, I feel like he could maybe use more time in the minors. I don't know if he's going to get it, but uh, I'm, I have some hope. I need to see a lot more than I'm seeing right now, though. Let's look at the rotation. Uh, uh, let me go a deep league guy first. Rio Ruiz, Braves third baseman, 3% owned. Any interest in Rio Ruiz? Mm, I mean... NL only, sure, he's he's going to play, and basically anybody who plays gets playing time there. I don't think he has a lot of power potential. Um, I think he might sit against lefties. Yeah, there's Garcia. Yeah, there's a good possibility of that too. Okay, so just felt obligated to say Rio Ruiz. Very cool name. Oh, uh, except his name is Rio, right? And he dances in NL only leagues. And uh, let's go to the rotation. Uh, star stash or drop Gio Gonzalez. Um, or start him. Ugh. 32 walks in 62 innings, but he does have a I try to trade him. Who does he face next week? I don't know, Heath. Well, that's that would determine whether <laughs> I would start him or not. <laughs> but you wouldn't drop Gio Gonzalez? I'm not dropping Gio Gonzalez, no. He's not Eight. really been that much different than what I expected. Eight straight starts with three walks or more. He has a 137 whip. The ERA is still good, which is why you could maybe trade him for something. At San Francisco next week, that's fine. I'm in, starting him. All right. Yeah, that I might could, be the last one. Maybe he does well there. You try to sell him. It's not a flat. Like, if I have infinite pitcher spots, I'm starting Gio Gonzalez with that mat- matchup. If I have five, he's probably not making the cut for me. By the way, have you seen Buster Posey's stats? These, yes. these are amazing. Buster Posey <laughs> is hitting 345 with seven home runs. 345 uh-huh. with seven home runs. Yeah. You know, do you know, Heath, how many RBIs he has? Uh, 15. He's 11 RBIs. Yeah. I, that's like what? He's 11 40, RBIs. 40 RBI pace or something? Yeah, right about that. 40, yeah. 44 RBI pace. He's hitting 345 and slugging 540 and he's on pace for 44 RBIs. That's like probably why he's still not the number one catcher. Well, he was for a while. I guess he slipped, but mind blowing. But I mean, it's going to correct. I, the Giants offense isn't great. I understand that. Eric Hosmer got off to a similar start last year. It wasn't, it didn't last quite this long. I think it was most, more of a one month phenomenon than nearly two months. Yeah, it's, but, I'm not even saying anything about fantasy. I just think like as a baseball fan, you have it's to, crazy. you have to understand that. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like, it's yeah. an amazing stat. So I want to, I, I want to point this out because it was, it was fairly amazing for Hosmer last year. How, how something like this can change. Uh, April. He had eight RBI. And RBIs. RBI. RBIs. <laughs> eight RBI last April when he hit 326, wow. Eric Hosmer. The next months were 27, 13, 10, 22, 24. He set a career high in RBI for the year. 
Wow. After a disastrous start. 27 in a month? Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, he only had eight the month before, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Chris. that's what happens. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and finally, Robbie Ray. Please, give me three good starts in a row, because this, this is like the third time he's given us two good ones in a row. This is great. Give me three in a row, Robbie Ray. I would like three good starts in a row as well. I think that's a possibility. I don't – like when we got really excited about Robbie Ray, I didn't see him jumping into the top 25 starter equation, I guess. I I was hoping he'd be a, a solid – maybe not solid, but a number three with some upside. And those pitchers don't often have three really good starts in a row. If they did, they would be number two starters. It's not much of a threshold. Uh, all I'm saying, like, not only he's got Pitching a six, sucks. He's got a six seventy five ERA at home and a point eight one ERA in five road starts. And last year, four fifty ERA in five in on the road and five thirty six at home. So again, I know we say this like every time he pitches, but if that humidor ever makes its way to Arizona, Robbie Ray could have an amazing year. Uh, so he right. could have a really good year anyway. I want to talk about Ivan Nova, but we really have to get to the two star pitchers. Okay, buy, sell, hold Ivan Nova. Oh, hold. definitely. Hold, uh, hold or buy, definitely so not sell. so low, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. last year they were low on Pittsburgh. This year they're like like four and a half per nine or something. It's gone on long enough, and the skill of throwing strikes, not not throwing balls, um, like, that. that's it's, – it's extreme enough. It's an extreme enough skill – where I, you know, basically he's like a younger, harder throwing Bartolo Colon, and we've seen Bartolo Colon prior to this year have a lot of success in fantasy. So I, I think he's going to be somebody you can count on all year, particularly in this pitching environment where it's hard to, where it's so rarely are pitchers throwing six innings. He could there be more like polar opposite pitchers of Robbie Ray and Ivan Nova? No, and I'd much like. What about, about Blake Snell? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would. I'd much rather have Robbie Ray than Nova. No. But um, I'm I'm probably holding. I, maybe it's possible that you could sell him for a top thirty starting pitcher that's struggling. Like if I could sell Nova for Tanaka, I'd gladly do it. Nova has four point eight strikeouts per nine. Last year with with Pittsburgh, it was seven point two. Do mm-hmm. you agree that a pitcher cannot be successful with four point eight strikeouts per nine? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably not. It, it will it will have to go up. I suspect it will go up. It it wasn't helped by one strikeout and eight in the third innings, you know. And by the way, it was a much better start than the numbers would indicate. He gave up two runs through eight innings, came out for the ninth, and gave up two more runs. So the, you say, oh, "Why are you talking about Nova so like so highly?" He gave up four runs. He had a he had a really good start. All righty, let's talk two start pitchers for fantasy week nine. Wow. All right. Uh, Chris Sale's gonna have 25 strikeouts next week, cause he's got two starts. Dylan Bundy, Yankees and Red Sox, both at home. I mean, you're, you're starting Dylan Bundy. Yeah, okay. It's, it, it's a little worrisome, and it may not be as good as a typical two-start pitcher from a two-start week from a top 35 pitcher, but. Jose Quintana, Boston and at Detroit. Boston at home, at Detroit, Quintana. Absolutely. I'm starting him. I'm starting him. I'm nervous. I'm very, very nervous. But if I like, if I drafted Jose Quintana where you had to draft him, I probably hadn't helped my team very much anyway. He's nope. had a lot of good starts. I, I know the last one was bad, but he had like what five good before that. I don't know. He's fine. No issues with Mike Leak after or start with uh, Michael Waka after a rough start last night. No. Okay. Because he's got the Dodgers at home and the Cubs on the road. But you got, what do you yeah, got? you're still going to start him. All right, we got two road starts for Julio Tehran at the Angels and at the Reds. I'm gonna start him. Yeah, big park that first matchup at least. Small park the second one, but I'll take it. And we've got Rich Hill at St. Louis and at Milwaukee. I'm starting him. Yeah, it makes me very nervous, but um I think you have to roll the dice. Charlie Morton at Minnesota at Texas. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Sure. Now we get to guys who are... Possibly available in your leagues. Jordan Montgomery at Baltimore and at Toronto. Wasn't he supposed to be a two-start pitcher this week? <laughs> that happens a lot. He was. Oh, how, how, how many rainouts out. were there yesterday? Four? Two, I thought. Two. Yeah. Okay. Seemed like more. It seemed like four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, at Baltimore. Look, Toronto, they're hitting well. 
now and they're getting Donaldson back today and they're getting right. Tulo back today, whatever that's worth. I would not cares, start but. him in a roto league. I would not start him in a standard 12 team points league, but anything deeper, I probably would. All right. Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Matt Moore has been pitching pretty well. Washington at home, Philadelphia on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I have to. All right. This is the one that's been staring at me in the face saying, Adam, you ready to, you ready to take this ride? Trevor Bauer, 58% owned, Oakland at home, Kansas City on the road. Trevor well, Bauer. do we know oh, the Trevor Kluber Bauer, Bauer is making two starts? Thank you for saying that because that makes me not pick him up. Hey, Trevor Bauer's been on an, an okay run lately. Um, quality starts except for the fact that he didn't quite go six in a couple of them. <laughs> five and two thirds and five and a third. I mean, two. by today's standards, that's some reliability, I feel like, that Josh Tomlin hasn't shown. So I think Tomlin's more in jeopardy of losing a spot than, than Bauer is. Maybe Bauer's okay with these matchups. It's just an extra variable added to that already big gamble. I rode this roller coaster early in the year and puked all <laughs> over myself. And if I was you and had your voice, Adam, I would sing, we are Trevor, 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 getting back together. Wow. Yeah. You know what, I, the, what it used to be. Uh, we, we are never ever drafting Mark Teixeira. Yeah, well, we're ne- we're Trevor getting back together. Okay. Uh, let me read some more names. Jeremy Hellickson at Miami and home against San Francisco. I forgot. I was thinking Hellickson. about. Oh, we Hellickson. are never. We are. <laughs> uh, at Miami and home against San Francisco. For uh, who? Hellickson. <laughs> Probably not. No. You want you want bad strikeout numbers, man. Oof. Chris Tillman, starter sit. Yankees and Red Sox. I don't trust so, him. Kenta Maeda. He's sure. not available on waivers, but he's only, he was only starting 33% of yes. the Yeah, season. starting Maeda. Yep. Alright. It's a tough week at St. Louis and at Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't care. He's good. Matt Garza at the Mets, home against the Dodgers. Uh, probably not. Probably sitting. Did you skip Tyler Anderson? About to get to him. Okay. Tyler Anderson, Seattle at home, San Diego on the road. Yeah, this is probably my favorite sleeper among those Less than 80% owned. Well, Matt Moore, I guess, technically. But uh, because one is at San Diego, uh, didn't we just say earlier in the podcast he was he's a one-star? We yeah, well, the, well, the one I was looking at said he was just one. But I'm going to have to – when I actually put together the two-star pitcher <laughs> rankings today, I'm going to confirm that he's really in line for two starts because sometimes some tricky things happen with those baseball Tyler Anderson. logos. But right, he's I like at home the, than on the road. I like the – yeah, so, you know, but – Still, at San Diego, I, I like that matchup for anybody. And then the first start at home doesn't really scare me away. So. Yeah, I was against Tyler Anderson when I thought he was one start at home. But if he has San Diego on the road, then that would be the difference. Do you have the matchups in front of you guys? Or do I have to I have the matchups pulled up, yes. Ariel Miranda. No. Uh, at Colorado and Tampa no. Bay. Okay, no. since one of them is at Colorado, yeah. Daniel Norris. No. Nope. Tyler Chatwood. Same matchup, Seattle at home, San Diego on the road. Yes. He's been pretty good lately, The, Tyler, the Tylers have kind of a worked, lot worked of in walks. tandem this year. A lot of walks for Tyler Yeah, Chatwood. I definitely prefer Anderson to Chatwood, but I could see Chatwood more than I can a lot of the pitchers we've named. Now, Chatwood, I believe, is a pitcher who's much better on the road than at home. Yes. and Which is not surprising, but uh, he has one home start, one road start. Zach Davies. Nah. No. Jesse Hahn. Nah. Nope. Ricky Nolasco. Uh, Atlanta, Minnesota. Uh, probably not. Martin Perez. I'd rather start Ricky Nolasco. <laughs> Me too. Robert Gazelman. I don't have the matchups. Uh, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Those yeah. are good matchups. No, Milwaukee's not a good matchup. Is a, a lot, lot of no strikeouts. Bron, no a lot Bron. of strikeouts. And yeah, Where no is Bron. it? Home. They're so both yeah, in New York. Not at Miller Park, then. Yep. Uh, but I wasn't, I really wasn't that impressed by Gazelman's start. It was a quality start, technically. It was against but the Padres. Yeah, not a lot of swings and misses. I, I, I want to do it. Erasmo Ramirez at Texas at Seattle. Not the worst. Yeah. And, and I don't Jason think Hamill, so. too. Erasmo Ramirez at Texas at Seattle. Jason Hamill, home against Detroit, home against Cleveland. They're I'd less start than 20% Hamill. owned. Hamill for you? Yep. Alright. Volquez, Gaviglio, Delgado, Cozart, Trevor Williams, Bonilla, Daniel Wright. Nope, nope, nope. Daniel Wright's probably not making two starts. Nope. Nope. Get him out of here. Nope. Get him out of here. (laughs) You know what that's from? Get him out of here! You know who a two-star pitcher is? Get the bleep out of my room! 
That is my favorite, no. maybe my favorite Arrested Development moment. Uh, he's Buster's in the hospital. He just lost his hand, and he keeps making all these puns. And then Michael tries to make one. He's like, "Maybe I could give my brother a hand or something like that." And Buster's oh like, yeah, 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 Get yeah, yeah. Him out of here. He loses it. Get him out of here. He freaks out. What are we gonna say? I've never seen Arrested Development. You should see Arrested Development. You should see my face right now. I'm so disappointed in I you. I can't see your face right now. After, and after three seasons. Is that it? Only three? Yeah. Well, fourth, the fourth season was the one that came out a decade later on Netflix. Oh, that was the was, fourth season? Yeah. They only did three seasons? Yeah, yeah. Three seasons. Unbelievable television. So are the first three seasons on Netflix? Yes. yes. Okay. And then just don't watch after that. Agreed. Didn't read any emails today because we've got a mailbag show coming up. So uh, that's going to air on Monday. Everybody, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Thank you so much for listening. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll talk to you on Monday with a pre-recorded show. On Tuesday, we're back in action. <laughs>